Morning, church. I have to see what's in this bag that the kids got. Uh-huh. There's extras up here if you guys want to see what's in here after church. <laughs> it might ruin your fellowship meal, but, you know, <laughs> it is great to be together this morning. As It is every Sunday morning, but, you know, when there's the smell of food and a fellowship meal after church, it always... Uh, it's even greater to be together knowing that uh, we have that time to, to be together in fellowship. Let's turn our Bibles this morning to the end of the New Testament. We're going to be in 1 John, the first chapter, right before Revelation. And uh, while you're finding that, I'm going to share a, a story about a, a daydreaming sixth grade boy. So um, one day in class, Mike was uh, staring out the window. He's a sixth grader. And he was uh, staring out the window, daydreaming like he did a lot of times during the day in class. And uh, so his teacher speaks up and he says, Mike, when you get older and you get a job, no one is going to pay you to sit there and look out the window all day. Well, years later, Mike became an airline pilot for American Airlines. <laughs> and so he took a picture a selfie of him looking uh, out the front window of the airplane, and he emailed it, emailed it to his sixth grade teacher, and he attached the picture, and he wrote this in the email. He said, Dear Mr. Thomas, it turns out that someone is paying me quite well these days to look out this window all day. <laughs> thought that was pretty good. All right, 1 John chapter 1. We're going to start reading in verse 5, and then we will go into the second chapter uh, through the second verse. And the Apostle John here is contrasting life in the dark versus life in the light uh, through God and his son Jesus Christ. And so he also speaks here about sin and forgiveness. So that's going to be a part of what we're talking about this morning. Beginning with verse 5 of chapter 1. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and we do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the father. Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the whole world. <clears throat> Somehow I've lost my uh, screen in the back, but uh, I can always look up front to see where we're at. So, 
you can tell your old man you'll do some largemouth fishing another time. You just got too much on your plate to bait and cast the line. You can always put a rain check in his hand till you can't. Anybody know where those words are from? I heard a couple, yeah, I heard a couple people saying, if you listen to country music, you probably recognize them right away. One of the most popular songs this past year uh, has been the song by Cody Johnson, which is titled, Tell You Can't. And in that song, he reminisces about the brevity of life and how we should not pass up opportunities that we have with family and friends because we never know when those opportunities might be gone or might pass us by. This past summer during my uh, sabbatical, part of the original plan, as many of you know, was for my father and I to go on a two-week Mennonite Anabaptist tour trip to Europe. That never came to pass because of the uh, backlog of people that wanted to go on that tour through the pandemic, two years of the pandemic. And so my dad and I never got off the waiting list uh, to, to go. But in hindsight, as I've shared before, it ended up being a blessing because I was able to spend that time instead with my mother and father in New Mexico, not knowing that my mother was going to pass away just four months after that. The words to Cody Johnson's song became even more meaningful to me after that. And I've noticed that there are several other country music songs in the past couple of years that have been written about that same realization. Life is short. And we should never take one day of it for granted. And because of that, I think we need to pay attention to the words of John here this morning. There is no time for us to walk in the darkness of this world when the light of Jesus is an option for us. You know, too often we we go about life living in this world as if, um, you know, this world's going to go on forever. And there's another country song by Kenny Chesney that was popular some years ago in which he says, you know what, a hundred years goes faster than you think. And not everyone is granted that hundred years either. But the encouragement of John in these first three verses as we read today is to walk in the light of Christ as if this is the last day that you might be able to walk in that light in this world. I mean, I hope, I really hope we all get to live to be 80, 90, 100 But you see, we should not live our lives as if there will be time later to get right with God, to repent of our sins, or to walk in the light as He is in the light. Too often people will say, oh, you know, there will be another time for me to make things right and and get ready, you know, for eternity. But now I'm just going to go on living as I want to live taking in all this world has to offer to me. There are many verses 
in Scripture that warn us about that kind of thinking or that kind of living. One verse that especially comes to mind is from Mark 13 where, where Jesus says, no one knows the hour or the time when that will come. And so we must be on guard and we must stay alert. As John says here in uh, verse 7, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with, an, with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all of our sin. That's really where John is leading us here. Um, it's to the question of sin in our lives and whether we have repented of that sin and receive the grace and forgiveness that Jesus has shed his blood on the cross for us. Our redemption, you see, is, is of the utmost importance here to John. And he's saying that in order for you to be forgiven of sin in your life, you first need to acknowledge it. You need to admit to it. And then you need to repent of it. The false teachers back in the day of John were, they were denying the truth that sin breaks our fellowship with God. In fact, some of them were even denying that, that we as humans have a sinful nature uh, to us that we need to be saved from. Some of them were even denying that. And, you know, some of those false teachers are still around uh, today. They are deceiving people into thinking that there is, there's no absolute truth. And so, therefore, there can't be anything that we call sin. Because, and I'm sure you've heard this false teaching before. It's very popular these days. It says, you do what feels right to you. And don't worry if someone else says that it's wrong or that it is a sin. And they would a lot of times go as far as to say, don't worry about what God said. Don't worry about what Jesus says in the Bible. You are in control. You make the decisions for yourself and for your life. Now, you know, God has given us a free will, yes, to make our own decisions. But Jesus has made it very clear that those decisions can be as different as the light is from the darkness. Sinful choices, of course, lead us into darkness. Godly choices, you see, lead us into the light that it is speaking of here. And in John 8, verse 12, Jesus himself said, I am the light of the world. And whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the, the light of life. That means when we follow Jesus, we are no longer, <coughs> excuse me, we are no longer living in darkness and ignorance, but we are living in the, the, um, the light of truth and the light of understanding. <coughs> You see, his light gives us hope. His light gives us direction and strength to navigate the many ups and downs that we have in this life. 
And there will be times, of course, that we stray from the light. I mean, that's why these, these verses here are urging us toward repentance and confession and the faithfulness that Jesus uh, says that we have in him to forgive us and that he will extend his grace to us. I love what it says in verse 1 of, of chapter 2. It says, I write this to you so that you will not sin. Obviously, that's the goal here is to not sin. But if anybody does sin, he says, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. And then it goes on in verse 2 and he says, is, he is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only our sins, but also for the, whole, the sins of the whole world. And you know, grace really is the central theme of Christianity. And the grace of Jesus is really the cornerstone of our faith. I mean, there, there really is no other faith or religion that offers grace, this gift of grace, like Jesus does. His sacrifice on the cross is what made that possible for all of us to receive. And of course, his grace is there for us regardless of our past and regardless of what it is we have done wrong. You see, his grace is a gift to us. And all we need to do is come to him with that repentant heart and, and confess to him and then we can be forgiven for them. I mean, life is too short. And life is too unpredictable to not make that right with God today. I hope we will all make sure of that and then ask Jesus to help us live our life in, in his light and in his grace. And then be willing to extend it to others. Again, you know, because life is too short, we should not withhold grace from others that God has so generously given to each of us. In the verses from Matthew 18 that Jeff read earlier, we heard uh, that what Jesus said to Peter in those verses. Peter asks, he says, you know, Okay, how many times should I forgive my brother and sister who, who sins against me? And he gives a suggestion to Jesus. <laughs> He's like, you know, would seven times be good? Uh, would that be enough? But then, of course, Jesus comes back and Jesus says, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Or some translations of the Bible actually put 70 times seven uh, there in that reference which is 490. And, you know, 7, 490, the, the number there is not really important. What Jesus is saying there is that we shouldn't even keep track of how many times we forgive someone. A couple of verses before that, Jesus said that what is loosed on earth will be loosed in heaven. So, you know, if we handle problems here on earth in God's way, it will have an impact not only now here on this earth, but it will have an impact for all of eternity ahead of us. 
If you uh, read on in that 18th, 18th chapter of Matthew, Jesus goes on after he has that interaction with Peter and he tells the parable of the unforgiving debtor. Here's how that goes. In that story, the king forgives this man in jail that owed him 10,000 bags of gold because he had no way of paying it. And this man goes before the king and he, he begs uh, that the king have patience. He will pay him back. And, but the king, in the end, the king just decides to extend grace to him. He cancels his debt, he releases him, and he goes free. Well, what does that man do? That man goes and searches out another person that owed him only 100 silver coins. And he grabs him and he, he chokes him and he demands that he pays him back what he owes him. And when the king heard about this, he calls him back in and he sends him back to jail until he can pay the 10,000 bags of gold. Verse 35 sums up the meaning of the parable. When Jesus says this, he says, This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Life is too short to withhold grace and forgiveness from anyone. And you know, it really is incredible when you hear someone in the news say that they forgave someone for some of the awful crimes and tragedies and things that we see uh, reported on the news. Of course, that happened some years ago when the Amish children were shot in a school in Pennsylvania. Some of the Amish parents came out and and they spoke of grace and forgiveness. I read a story just this past week about a mom who forgave a woman who, who killed her son in a drunk driving incident. The mom said, even though I didn't feel like forgiving, even though I wanted to do something completely opposite, I knew that I didn't want that moment to trap me in a prison for something that she did. The mother actually met with that woman uh, later in a restorative justice type meeting before she was sentenced to prison for vehicular homicide. And she said this, the mo she said this, I opened the meeting with, I forgive you, but that doesn't mean what you did was okay. At the end, I asked her if I could hug her. And she said, before I even got the words out of my mouth, she was standing up and she said, so I stood up. She said, we hugged and we just stood there and cried in each other's arms. You know, I, I really admire the strength of Christians like that who have such strength to extend grace in even the most horrific and offensive circumstances. You know, many times the law will see that criminals and offenders pay for their actions, and rightly so. But if those families can do that, and, and those families can extend grace on their part, why do we withhold grace and forgiveness from anyone? 
I mean, you know, many times our need to give grace is not nearly as hard as it is in those cases. And when we extend grace to others, you know, we show love and kindness and understanding even when it's difficult to do such a thing. Of course, you know, it requires us to put aside our own feelings of anger and frustration and resentment and to reach out to them with compassion. You know, if we're going to extend grace to others, it's really important that we understand the depth of the grace that Jesus has extended to us. You see, when we grasp that grace, how enormous the grace of Jesus is, it makes, uh, it makes it easier for us to extend grace and forgiveness to others. But we have to remember that extending grace doesn't mean that we are condoning a sin. It doesn't mean that you are condoning an offense or a wrong behavior that has taken place. It means that, that we realize the worth and the value of every person in the eyes of God. It also means, though, that we have read many scriptures in our Bible that say that we should forgive others just as we have been forgiven. After Jesus shared the Lord's Prayer in, in Matthew 6, he said these words, If you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you, will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. Those are pretty strong words, aren't they? I mean, I kind of see them as an encouragement. An encouragement for us that whenever we ask God to forgive us for sin... Maybe we should first ask ourselves if we have forgiven the people who have wronged us. Again, you know, life is too short to live with animosity and hatred and revenge and anger in our hearts. On the front of the bulletin this morning, uh, it has a picture of an ocean. And it says, an ocean of grace. And you know, if you've ever been to the beach of one of the oceans and you stand there on the beach, you realize that, uh, you know, the oceans are so large and they are seemingly unending when you stand on that beach and you look out at the horizon. And I think that is a great picture of the grace that God extends to us because it'll never end. It goes on and on. It will continue to go on and on as long as we need it. If we will receive it and accept it and live in it. And the way Erica did with the gifts this morning was a, was a perfect example of that. You know, the gifts sitting in front of them, they had to receive that and take it. If there's one thing that's needed in our lives and in the world today, it is grace. And I'm so glad that as Christians, we are blessed with the opportunity to both receive it ourselves and give it to others. Today, we need to think about 
who the Holy Spirit is placing on our hearts and on our minds when it comes to extending grace. Who do you need to extend grace and forgiveness to? Who do you need to go to and and maybe mend some fences or make things right with them? Maybe it's someone in your family. Perhaps it's somebody where you work. Maybe it's school. Maybe here in the church. Your neighbor. You know, I've done this in the past, and I will admit that it is not easy. It's not easy. And I don't think we can really do it on our own strength. You know? I mean, we need the help of Jesus to go with us when we go do that. We need to, we need to ask Jesus to, to not only give us the strength, but give us the words to, to say and to speak. And then we need to ask Jesus for the love that is going to be required in us in order to see it all the way through. Now, you know, the other person may be receptive to your grace and your forgiveness and you're going to them, but they may not. But I, you know, even if they aren't receptive, no matter what the outcome is, you see, you have done your part and you have extended grace to them even if they choose not to receive it. And, you know, no matter what happens, I guarantee you, I guarantee you that God will honor that light that you brought into that darkness. God will bless you for it. God will give you a renewed spirit because of it. And you know what? You're going to feel a lot better about yourself as well. At least that's been my experience uh, in the past with this. Let's go back to what David said in Psalm 32. He said, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them and in whose spirit is no deceit. And then in verse 5, this is what we've been talking about this morning. David said, finally, I confessed my, all of my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. All my guilt is gone, he says. And I, I really hope that we can join David in saying that today. All of my guilt is gone. God's grace is greater than our sin. Life is short. And, you know, in this world of sin and darkness, the light and grace of Jesus is needed in so many different ways and in so many different areas of life. And so I hope that we will go out of here and we will be the bearers of his light and the bearers of his grace to others. Just to end, you know, in another one of verses to that Cody Johnson song that I started with, another one of the verses goes like this says, so take that phone call from your mama 
and just talk away. Because you'll never know how bad you want to until you can't someday. Don't wait on tomorrow, because tomorrow may not show. Say your sorries, your I love yous, because man, you never know. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, we, we come before you this morning and we, hopefully, we know that we are sinners in need of your grace. Lord, I hope that we would not be so prideful to say that we have no sin that needs repented of, that, that we are perfect and everything is just right with us. Lord, we, we need your grace and we need to come to you with repentant hearts and ask you to forgive us for the things in our lives that we need forgiven of. But we know we can do that, Lord, with your promise of unending grace. It is amazing, Lord. It is unreal. It's hard for us to understand. And maybe that's why it's hard for us to grant it to others and give it to others. But Lord, we also ask that you would help us in that. And I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit has spoke to us here this morning, that the Holy Spirit has laid someone on our hearts and in our minds that, that things are not right with, and we need to make it right. Maybe we need to go to them and just ask for their grace and forgiveness, even if we are not in the wrong, just to, to make sure that we have tried to make things right between us. And Lord, if... If that is what you call us to do, I pray that you give us the strength and the words and to do that. The love that we would require to do that. And Lord, I pray that you'd prepare us to realize that we don't know how that person is going to receive us coming to them. But in the end, Lord, we are bringing that light, your light, into that darkness. And I pray that you give us each the strength and the, the willingness to do that. And to make things right, because Lord, we don't know, we are not promised tomorrow. We don't know what tonight holds. So I pray, Lord, that we would make things right that need to be made right with you first. And then with others in our life. May you help us do that and, and may it be so in our lives. Lord, we pray over the meal that we will share together this morning. Thank you for all those who have brought food to to fellowship together with, and we pray your blessing over it. We pray your blessing over our time together. And uh, just uh, join us together as your people and in fellowship and in the spirit of truth. We pray all of this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Let's stand together and we're going to end with uh, Brown number 201 in your Brown hymnals. Grace greater than our sin. Brown 201. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>